You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 31. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Suzanne Chadwick, your host. And today I'm really excited to bring this podcast episode to you. So I have got Jackie Schneider, who is a workplace culture coach and trainer on the podcast today. And we're talking about how you can have more impactful conversations, which I think is a super interesting topic. Jackie and I met at a networking event not that long ago. And as we were talking and she was sharing with me what she does, I just thought, wow, I just think that there is so much that we can constantly be learning about how we are communicating with each other, with our families, with those around us, with our clients, and becoming a whole lot more conscious about the words that we use, as well as being active listeners. So today, Jackie and I are going to be talking about why this topic is so important We're going to look at what is the intention of your message when you're speaking to somebody, as well as what's the impact that your words have. We're going to look at the three levels of conversation that she trains businesses and individuals on. We're going to talk about double clicking, which I think is interesting. You'll have to listen to find out more about that. And, you know, when you do double click, then you're able to get more shared meaning. So when she shared that expression with me, I had no idea what she was talking about, but I've found, you know, this entire conversation super, super useful. And then also really about how we ask questions and how we listen to the answers. So I think that this podcast is for you if you're in a corporate setting. I think that if you're a business owner, I think that it's super useful. And to be honest, I just think if you're a human being (laughs) and you communicate with anybody, whether it's your kids, your husband, your family, your friends, people in the workplace, this is a super interesting topic. And I really hope that you enjoy it. Now, before we dive in, I do want to just remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Connection Exchange, as well as my free Building a Standout Brand Masterclass training that you can get access to now. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, But also, if you want to head to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash brand masterclass, then you can access that as well and find out how you can build a standout brand, get really clear with your message and connect with your audience in a real way. But without further ado, I can't wait to share this week's podcast episode with you. And if you do enjoy it, then I'd love you to share it with your community, uh, with your family, your friends. And if you do enjoy it, then I'd also love you to leave a review on iTunes about the podcast and what it is that you love about it, because that really helps other people to find us as well. So enjoy. Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very good to have you here. Now, we met at a local networking event not that long ago, uh, just here in Melbourne, and ended up 
kind of chatting over a glass of wine and I found what you do very, very interesting. Now I'm going to get your title wrong, so I'm just going to ask you. <laughs> I was just asking you what it was. I'm like, wow, that's long. Yeah, uh, is. What is your title? So I'm a workplace culture coach and trainer. Fantastic. Yeah. And the reason that I really loved what we talked about is because you were saying that you train people and you work in organizations around conversations Correct. and the conversations that we have, the impact that those conversations have, how we listen. And I just find all of that super, super fascinating. I've yeah. come from a very corporate background myself and I find culture a really interesting topic too because I think that it's really hard for a lot of big organisations to get it right mm. or it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, and I do think that whether you work in corporate or whether you're a woman in business who is the majority of my yeah. audience that listen to the podcast or might be watching this on YouTube as well, the conversations that we have, we have them every day. We have them with our family. Right. We have them with our clients. Yeah. And I sometimes don't think that we think about those conversations no. that much. No, I think we don't. And I, um, first of all, to say that culture to me represents really just any group of people together. Okay. Because we all create a way of being together. Mm. And that to me is culture. So yes. every, you, every family has a different culture. And of course, we all come from different cultures in different ways. So it's just a, a, a way of being and rituals that we share in different ways. And so the idea of going into workplaces is to create rituals, cultural rituals, yeah. um, about how we, how we work together and how we treat each other and how we are together. So even just that, it's just yeah. such a different way of thinking about yeah. it. And that's so true. And I was speaking with somebody yesterday uh, about our exchange of membership. And we, she was talking about, she was saying, what's the group like? And I'm just like, they're just really fun and they're chilled out and they're smart. And, you know, we, we run serious businesses, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And even just as you were talking then, I just automatically thought that's the culture of our members group. Yeah, like absolutely. we are looking to attract like-minded women. Yeah. Uh, but everybody that's in that group, we just get along really well and there's a really healthy yep. culture. Because you all kind of know how to be together. Yeah. You know what things it's okay to say, what things you don't say, what things you do, you don't do. You just know what to do. And when you bring people that have different cultures together or different ideas about how to be together, about someone being more in control or someone being less in control or whatever, mm -hmm. the mixture can create conflict. And that conflict arises out of the different ways that people see the world. Mm, so true. Mm. Geez, we're like two minutes in and I'm like, that's so good. <laughs> We've got so much to go through. But yeah, today we are going to be talking about how you can have more impactful conversations and how we can be thinking a little bit more about the conversations that we have as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business and I guess what else you do mm -hmm. and how you ended up here because it's a super interesting place to be. Uh, that it is and it is absolutely, I would never have guessed that's where I would have ended up <laughs> um, because actually my background is an occupational therapist. Okay. And um, I work in the early childhood intervention area. Well, that's where I've been the last, for the last 10, 15 years, um, and there's a lot of um, similarities, I suppose, in, in concepts that I've been able to bring to corporate world and to business that um, 
it's quite interesting how, how in different areas it can still cross over and mm. it brings a different perspective, a new way of looking at things, which yeah. is, I think, quite fun. Um, so pretty much the way that I started out was as I was working as a therapist in early childhood intervention, I was a team leader, done some work in the leadership roles, and um, I'd always been very interested in coaching and ended up um, getting, uh, doing coaching a coaching course and getting my my credentials mm -hmm. and becoming accredited coach and um, once I did that and realized how powerful it was in the work I was doing with early childhood um, intervention I then also suddenly started to think um, hey, hang on this stuff that we're using with our clients actually we should use with ourselves yeah in our own teams and our own workplaces and it's the same skills it's just turning it in on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started um, thinking and trying to apply it in, in teams in, in where I was working. And um, I put together a training course. Someone approached me. I presented at a conference and on it, and someone approached me and asked me to do some training for, mm. their, for their team. And so that's where it all started. And then once I started training people on how to use coaching with their, with their clients, I then also started going, okay, and now use it on yourselves. And that's how it all turned into culture, focus on culture. And then I just took it to the corporate mm. world as well. And it's gone from there. And so when you're training teams, what are you going through with them? Like what, what's the need? Like, why did the manager want you to come? What was the need that you were, I guess, addressing in that training? What, what did they want to happen for their team? So often it's around lack of communication people aren't communicating they're working in silos or they're having little bickering arguments mm -hmm. and the usual politics that goes on at work and it creates a problem with productivity there's hours and hours of wasted time of people complaining to each other about all the things that um they don't like and and they never talk to the person that's the problem. Yes. They always talk to everybody I'm else. I'm sure we've all been um, in that situation or seen <laughs> yeah. it happening around us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like it's normal that we do those sorts of things. It's what we do when we're unaware. Okay. And when we bring awareness to our conversations, we can have different outcomes. Yeah. And so um, all the productivity, the staff retention, people have a problem with keeping staff because everyone's fighting with each other yes. and they're not happy and bullying comes out of that. And it just becomes toxic. People, play, workplaces can become toxic. And um, it's a shame because I think everybody wants to do well. We, mm -hmm. we actually have it in our DNA that everyone wants to do well. They want to be part of a winning team. Yes. They all want for good things to happen. And when people just happen to get in their way, and it's often unintentional, mm. it creates dynamics that create havoc and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I think we sort of talked about why this is an important topic because of those outcomes that you literally mm -hmm. just mentioned, yeah. which is the bullying and, you know, people are going to be unhappy and all the rest of it. Uh, but I, what I'd love to do, because we've spoken about this as well, is what are sort of three key things that you think it's really important for people to understand or know a bit more about? Because I really don't think that this is a conscious topic. I don't think no. that we think about the conversations that we have, uh, I think, in the way that you talk about it. So I'd love to dive into that today. Okay, so um, 
Yeah, look, there's just so much. I know, we can't go through um, it all. But so the, yeah. the one important thing to just start out saying is that a lot of everything that I'm talking about is based in the neuroscience um, literature and research and that it's all based on the way that we are hardwired. Okay. And um, two really important things that we're hardwired for. The first one is we're hardwired to look out for danger. And that's because if we, in cave, if you imagine cavemen, you would have died if you didn't do that. <laughs> so we are all descendants of pessimists, if yeah. you want to think of it like that, because they're the ones who looked out for danger all the time. And you may have been wrong nine out of ten times, but the one time you were right, it meant that you survived. So um, in our day and age, it's about looking for um, not necessarily um, danger, but what's wrong. So we're constantly looking at whether we're being judged, whether we're going to be um, criticised or blamed or whose fault is it that things went wrong um, or you're looking at whether so you think somebody's, um, are they on your side or they're not on your side, are they like-minded, are they not like-minded and all of that is triggers us in a way that if we feel that we're being threatened in any way that we go into a reactive mm. way of being, that fight-flight kind of um, place. And that's not a thinking place. So when we're in that place, when we are triggered like that, we lose access to our thinking brain. Amazing. And yeah. so only when we're calm can we then re-engage re, uh, the thinking brain. And I think everyone can relate to what you do and say when you're not in a, yes. in a, a kind of happy place. Yeah. So that's the one thing that's important. The other thing that's important that we're hardwired for also is to belong in a group. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not part of a group, again, you need other people to survive. So being part of a group is a survival thing and we will do anything and everything and sometimes sell our souls mm -hmm. to belong to a group. We'll, we'll throw someone under the bus that we normally wouldn't so that they, we don't get ousted from the group. Okay. So those two things play a lot in culture and in life and in home and school and everywhere you go, mm -hmm. those two things are constantly playing out. Okay. So based on that, there's one thing that's, that we don't, um, we don't really, we're not consciously aware of the fact that not every, that actually each individual is unique and we don't all see the world through the same lens. Yeah. And that means that when we speak, we might be using the same words as each other, but one person might interpret the words that you use in a different way because of their different life experiences and their different exposure to the way that you are intending with the words that you're using. Mm -hmm. So this concept of intention, the intention of your message to someone and the impact that your message actually has, there are times when that your in intention and your impact don't match. And I think that even as you say that a lot of us can probably think of a time where we said something and somebody completely lost it at us and we were baffled by what just happened here because yeah. it was never intended in a certain way or, you know, it was it was never, yeah, supposed to, I guess, get the reaction, that reaction. It was maybe just something that was said off the cuff. But Yep, exactly. And so what happens because of our hardwiredness is that I say something, you react in a way that's completely left of field, mm. and then I get triggered, so I get defensive, and then I react back to you, and off we go. Wow, yeah. Whereas what 
the whole idea of what we're going to talk about is that if that happens, if you notice that the intention and the impact don't match, that you get curious mm. rather than getting triggered. Yes. Well, you won't be able to stop yourself getting triggered because that'll happen automatically. So my mantra is when I get curious, get, sorry, when I get triggered, get curious. I love that. I think that's really proactive yeah. instead of being reactive. Or not easy to say, not so easy <laughs> to do, and it takes practice. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of awareness to be able to do that. And that's what I go around really teaching people to do is to how to get that awareness and coaching them and facilitating them to embody awareness so that they can do those things in the moments when it really counts. And basically, the main message on the intention impact is never assume that the impact of your message is the same as what you intended okay. because it's always good to when with important decisions important conversations always check in with the other person what did they take from what you said mm -hmm. so that you can clarify uh, and and make sure that 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 is what they actually took okay all yeah. right great so a question on that how, I mean, I know when something triggers me now because I feel like I'm a lot more conscious of things. Probably not everything. I think mm -hmm. that there's probably a no lot. One can yeah, be. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, what are the signs that, like, when you're triggered, how can somebody know know when they're being triggered? Well, first of all, your thought processes will become very um, all about you. Okay. So it's. Um, when you go into defensive mode then it's about survival so then it all becomes all about you and about what you need and what you want and and not really very focused at all on what the other person wants and needs and obviously there are different levels of trigger that you can be in mm. and um, I think you become oblivious to the other person's needs um, when you are in really you're going for it yeah in that state yeah. And um, you, you can, your heart rate, I mean, there's all the physiological things that you do. You might go red in the face, your heart rate goes up, yeah. you get agitated, your pitch of your voice goes up. Yeah. Um, and you tend to um, be hyper alert to, and you're looking out really for, to find things to, for evidence to support <laughs> your, <laughs> your feeling. Your, yeah. 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 yeah, that's super interesting. Well, I think it's definitely good to know. So obviously when you are in reactive mode, then something's yeah. triggered that. Yeah. And we jump to conclusions and we make assumptions and we do it very fast. Yeah, which is really mm -hmm. interesting. And I find it really interesting as well, especially in the online world mm -hmm. with social media mm -hmm. and we're interacting so much more with people we know, people we don't know, yeah. that, uh, that it, it can be easy to be triggered mm -hmm. when there may not be the intent. And you would never know it. No. And actually, the fact is that it's happening so fast, it's happening even faster than the person is aware. So it kind of happens in a, um, you, you just suddenly, you'll get triggered and your chemical reactions will start happening way before you have conscious awareness of it. Um, and then you have to start, then you notice you're feeling a bit, mm. Um, triggered and then as you once you start feeling that that feeling then you have to your brain has to start making sense of what that feeling is 
Mm. And then you start making stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Because what we, how we decide on things and what to feel and what to think is all based on the data we have. Mm. And the data that you have often is incomplete. And po- probably most of the time, or not all the time, but you never know, is incorrect as well. Mm. And I think the last time we had a chat as well, uh, we were talking about stories and mm-hmm. the stories that we tell ourselves, which I once again always find fascinating yep. that, that your mind just kind of goes off on this tangent. And sometimes I just think, where has that come from? Like, yep. how did I just make this elaborate thing up out of this one small little action or something yep. somebody said? And all of a sudden, I'm now projecting five years into the future and, you know. And, and all of that is to feel safe, basically. You have to know, have some certainty around what it means mm. so you know what to do. Yeah. Because it's like, am I going to die or am I? True, <laughs> yeah. true. That's super interesting. Mm. And so now you talk about the three levels yep. of conversation. Yep. And so what are the three levels of conversation that we have? So... They're, all the levels, just to say on the outset, is all the levels are, are they're not good or bad, they just are. Mm-hmm. We, we need all of them. They just serve a different purpose. And so the issue is, which level of conversation are we in? Having awareness in which level you're in and is that appropriate for what you're trying to achieve? Okay, okay so the level, first level of conversation is around um, where you're just telling people stuff like uh, information the weather today is sunny my football team lost (laughs) um my business is going well or whatever you know i'm struggling with something yeah it's just an exchange of information where i will tell you something then the next level of conversation is where i'm still telling you something but this time i'm trying to influence you to my point of view so I'm going to be trying to convince you and give you justification for why I'm saying what I'm saying with the view to getting you to agree to my, with my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the third way of, of conversation, so the first two are very much all about me and me convincing you, me telling you, me convincing you of my, of my world. Yeah. The, the third level of conversation is a level of conversation. It's the transformational level of conversation. The second one's positional and the first one's transactional. Okay. So the third one of the trans- transformational is really about us and we having this conversation together where it isn't all about me, it's about us. Mm-hmm. And so it's where you come in and you start um, trying to find out the other person's take on things, their What's their view about this thing? How do they see it? What's their feeling about it? What's the impact for them? You're really trying to get a really good sense of what they're thinking and feeling before you launch in all about yours so that the idea is how can we bring both of our worlds together to create something even better? Mm. We can bring two heads together better than one. Yeah, absolutely. I say... um if I was to relate that to business, I say in a sales training that I do sometimes, 
is that I never quote on what somebody asks me to quote on. I quote on the problem that they have. Yeah. And that only happens through a conversation. Yeah. And so, for example, somebody might come to me and say, I need you to come and do training on X, Y, and Z, um, which I could just quote on and go, yep, there you go. That's the price for doing that. Mm -hmm. But instead I say, well, why do you want to do the training and what's the catalyst for it? And, you know, what's your reality at the moment and what is it that you need? Because I think sometimes people think that they need one thing or they think that mm -hmm. this could solve their problem mm -hmm. without really maybe talking to somebody else who might understand it better yep. and be able to explain to them the different options or yep. what else they could be doing. And I think that those conversations where you really seek to understand what's underlying yeah. rather than just what somebody's saying on the surface yep. means that both of you come out happy, you're able to serve your client better, they get the result that they actually need from the problem that they have mm -hmm. that solves that problem mm -hmm. rather than something that's a bit more surface. 100%. And that's level three conversation. So a level one conversation would be you telling, asking me, how much? Yes. And I tell you this much. And what do you do? I do this. That's it. Level two would be me trying to convince you <laughs> to do it because I do this and yeah. it's how wonderful it is and yeah. these are all the things I can do and why it's good and why you should. And then the level three is what you just spoke about. Yeah. And I think that it's just, I think it's such a more meaningful conversation and it's such a better conversation. And I feel like hopefully both parties walk away feeling a whole lot better about the conversation and the transaction and whatever else is about to happen which may or may not happen depending on you know it's not just a given so yeah it's definitely not the level two of convincing no. it's more seeking to understand well you know when someone tries to convince you of mm -hmm. their opinion how you feel inside as opposed to someone seeking to understand you it's a very different feeling and it comes because you're releasing different chemicals in your brain yeah when those two conversations are happening yeah yeah so the there are the the, the feel-good chemicals and the yeah. feel not so good chemicals yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure no that's that's great we just that's fine okay uh and then do you want to how do you want to go on to double clicking well so really when this is just doing a bit more um going a deeper dive into how how you can do those level three conversations and a lot of what we're talking about here, that you, the, the questions that you're asking, there's a thing we call double clicking, which is like you do on a computer, when you double click on your mouse, you open up a file and then you double click on another file and it opens up another file. So you're going into a deeper dive into trying to understand what's underneath what a person is saying. What does it really mean to them? What do they feel about it? What's the impact on them? And that we call double clicking because what you're doing at the same time is, as we talked about shared meaning in the beginning, by double clicking, if you say, well, what do you mean by that word? What does that mean to you? And how do you see that looking? You know, if I want you to come and help me with something, well, what, do you, what, do you look, what does success look like mm -hmm. to you? So all of that is what we call double clicking because you're trying to get a bit of a sense of what that person, what's in their world. What do they mean by the words they say? How do they, how do they view, um, what they what you th what they think you mean when you're coming in to say oh, I just want to do an assessment I want to mm. um, come up with a solution what exactly does that look like to them it could be something different to what it is to you yeah and so that's what we call the double clicking and 
the the next part on that then is the questioning that you ask a person and we very often if you look at questions that people ask we often ask questions that we already know the answers to they're rhetorical questions mm -hmm. particularly do that with our kids a lot you know yeah. you don't you think it would be a good idea to do <laughs> x y and z <laughs> and you wanting them to say the yeah. answer you want yeah those are leading questions and those are not questions that are, are level three questions they're still level two even though we think we're asking questions it's still not level three mm. so the idea is that you want to be able to ask a question that comes from a place of genuine curiosity a real place of not knowing mm. and that means asking a question that you don't know the answer to it's a subtle thing mm. but it's very powerful yeah and so how would you use that so for example how would you use that in business um, I would use it by asking very open-ended questions that are general very general questions so it might be what are your feelings about that how does this impact you what would you like to see mm. they're very general questions that you can ask in so many different scenarios and you don't know the answer to what that person's going to say yeah absolutely when I mm. um, when I start working with a coaching client I send them a questionnaire and that that's some of the questions like what have you done before mm. um, how do you like to be communicated with mm -hmm. and what does success look like for you at the end of yep. this yep. and all of every things. all of the questions are, all of the answers are different every time yeah yeah and you don't have an expectation of an answer no well I don't know what success right. looks like to exactly. them you know for some people they want to have clients knocking on their doors for others they want to feel more comfortable with their brand and what the message that they're putting out to market mm -hmm. you know for other people they just want to feel like they've got a plan to move yep. forward so yep. it's very different that's yeah. right so all of that is just refining your skill and honing your skill in actually um, finding out the, the world from in another person's shoes mm. yeah and I think that I mean we obviously are in our worlds all the time. Mm -hmm. We have certain language that we use. We uh, assume things because it's our day to day, yep. that sort of thing. And when somebody else comes into our world, I think it's, yeah, just so important to never assume because one, they don't understand potentially what we do. They don't understand the ins and outs of it. Uh, and they don't always know what good looks like. That's right. And so, I guess being open to explaining things without influencing yeah. but just giving them an overview and a bit of an education about what it's all about okay. um, and then seeing yeah what that means to them yep. I think is so important and I think as a as a business owner we're you know majority of us are working with other people mm -hmm. and so being able to you know not know it all yeah. when you go into a conversation because their reality is very different to yours I think is really important I think it's often the best way to do is go in with being very comfortable with not knowing yeah because you never know what you find out when you go in with that kind of framework as opposed to going in with a set agenda yes you'll absolutely. find out whatever it is you go in with your agenda yeah and nothing more yeah and I think asking questions is a great place to be mm. like you said those open-ended questions 
and yeah, I've I spent my life as a recruiter, you know, in the early days, and all I did was answer questions. <laughs> Uh, but I, I use that in my business a lot now yeah. as well, where I think the more you ask, the more you're able to serve, the greater the impact you can have, uh, you know, the more that you're able to really understand where your customers and clients are coming from. And I think the other, the other side of that is also that you can use those very same questions on yourself mm-hmm. and also be open to the not knowing of what you might come up with because sometimes we need to check in with ourselves before we check in with others yeah i love that and i think that's yeah really interesting i i think that asking i like to ask myself (laughs) when i can feel there's resistance to things i like to ask myself like what would what would i love to do what would good look like for me and then actually go back and go why aren't you doing that yeah and sometimes, the, and sometimes the answer surprises me because yep. I'm just like, well, I didn't really realize that that was something that I was, you know, holding on to or not thinking about. So I think asking ourselves those questions is so important, especially sometimes when we work on our own a lot. I think that when you do work in a big organization, you've kind of got other people to bounce off, which is why it's good to have a group. Yeah. Um, but I also think us being okay and comfortable with asking ourselves some of the harder questions yeah. and sometimes just sitting in it and going, I don't really know the answer, yeah. but maybe over the next two or three days or week or month, it'll come to me. Well, just like the brain makes stuff up, yeah, it will, make, it will start working on whenever you ask it a question, it will go looking for an answer. It has to. I love that. Mm. So good. Mm. Yeah, so I think that uh the conversation that we're having today i think that because like i said a lot of the listeners to this podcast are uh, women in business or business owners i think that really taking a look at you know how you're having conversations with your clients Mm -hmm. and the questions that you're asking Mm -hmm. them and yourself and i think just being a little bit more conscious about it is is really one of the big takeaways for me Well, the first, the thing that really makes people feel very connected and what, what really in the neuroscience world helps to release all the good endorphins and, and uh, chemicals is when somebody feels really heard and understood. Mm. So if you go in with your clients with the intention of having them hurt, feel heard and understood by the time you leave, if nothing more, you'll be hearing and understanding their problems you have a much better idea, first of all, idea of what their problems are, and second of all, they'll feel like you care. Mm. And then you'll be much more likely to get their business because mm. they actually feel you care. Yeah. And when you actually do care, then it actually comes even <laughs> that in. Always helps. <laughs> it, it, they'll feel that authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that saying, um, people will forget what you said, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Exactly. Uh, and I, when I think about people and sometimes, you know, someone will say to me, oh, you know, you met so-and-so, what were they like? And I think sometimes I can't remember what the conversation was, but when somebody mm. really listens to you mm. and they ask you lots of questions mm. and it's, the focus isn't always on them, yeah. I think that those are the people that you remember because you remember walking away thinking, that was so nice. That interaction yeah. was such a yeah. nice interaction. Yeah. You felt connected. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, I think that that is an awesome place to finish our conversation, (laughs) feeling connected. But thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It is my pleasure. Now we're going to have about it. (laughs) I know it's such a great topic, and I think it's a little bit different to a lot of the topics we talk about brand and marketing and systems and things like that. And I, I just think that really diving into the relationships and the conversations that we have with other people is so interesting and super important very important as well now we're going to have all of your details in the show notes so people Mm -hmm. can find you but for those who are walking the dog or driving to school uh where can they find you jackie we can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so Jackie with a J-A-C-Q-U-I. Yes. And Snyder with a spider with an N. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, you find me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, um, on the web, you, I have a website, just www.jackiesnyder.com.au. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and happy to have a chat. Um, I do individual coaching. I do teamwork I do organization I still do bits and pieces in the occupational therapy world using my coaching um, so I kind of traverse a bit because um, it's all the same principles are the same yeah awesome yeah. well thanks again for today no worries it's been lovely chatting well there you go that was pretty interesting if you ask me and I really hope that you enjoyed it. You know what I'd love if you did enjoy it and you got something out of it, then I'd love you to head over to Instagram and let me know what it is that you enjoyed about it, either in a DM or do an Insta story. And you can tag the podcast at hashtag BBL, which is Brand Builders Lab podcast. So BBL podcast. Uh, And obviously I will be able to search on that. And you can tag me at Suze Chadwick as well, because I would love to know what you got out of it and just find out, you know, what were the key points for you and what were the lessons learned? I always think it's really important that when you listen to a podcast, hopefully you get something really useful out of it. I know that when I listen to podcasts, I always think, what's my one takeaway? What's the big thing I got out of that? So hopefully you enjoyed it. Now, if you don't follow me on my other platforms, then make sure you head over to either Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, uh, and I'm at Suze Chadwick on all of those platforms, and I'd love to connect. So until our next episode, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.